Hello, hello, zippity doo da, zippity day. Stories for kids with morale podcast. Whole plenty of sunshine is heading your way, and that you are having and will have a wonderful zippity doo da, wonderful day. <laughs> this story, today's story, is about a lost brooch. B R O. O-C-H. Let's go. (laughs) Okay, well, what is a brooch? It's like a pin and you will fasten it to clothing. So yes, today's story is about a brooch and a brooch is like a pin and I forgot didn't I I have forgotten to ring the story bell and again and one more time (laughs) for example let me give you an example someone might say that the diamond brooch looked beautiful on the princess's coat oh a brooch can also be called an ornament It has a pin, so you can attach the brooch to a hat, or you might want to pin it to your dress or your coat like the princess. And there are different types of brooches, some made of metal and some are gold, and some are made with diamonds. Today, I would also like you to learn some new words from the story. I have chosen six words from the story about the lost brooch. And the words are, that I've chosen, the words are fidget, vexation, guilt, peacock, suspicious, and adorn. Morel, you went too fast. We can't (laughs) note the words. Don't worry about it. I will put the words down in the description for this podcast. Yeah, but I will just repeat them, but I will put it down in the the description. Fidget, vexation, guilt, peacock, suspicious, adorn. And I'm inviting you to learn the meanings of these words. If you already know the words, then when listening to the story, I would like you to choose six new words and find out the meaning of the words for yourself. So you choose your own six. So let's find out about our story about the lost brooch. And I have not forgotten I need someone to come along with me. My birdie friend. Hello, hello. Hello, hello, hello again. (laughs) Thank you, birdie. I'm very pleased that you're here with me as ever. Thank you for being with me. So, if everyone is hopefully sitting comfortably, I will begin. So, Settle down, (laughs) that's what it is, snuggle down, and I will begin the story about the loss brooch. B-R-O-O-C-H. What is the matter, Linda? What are you looking for? It does so fidget me, dear, when I'm sitting quietly reading. 
for you to keep moving about and pulling all the chairs and tables out of their places, said Grandmama, kindly, of course. She always spoke kindly, but with a little vexation in her tone. It's my scissors, Grandmama. My little beautiful new best scissors with the gilt ends, said Linda plaintively. I know I left them with my work last night, and when I unfolded it, they were gone. Someone must have taken them. I don't like that new housemaid, Grandmama. I think she's pokey. I found her fiddling so among the books on the schoolroom table this morning. Trying to put them neat, I suppose. Not very easy, judging by the state they were left in last night, said Grandmama. Linda, my dear, you must not let yourself grow suspicious. I'm sure the girl is perfectly honest. I know all about her. But where can my scissors be then? said Linda. They're not alive. They can't walk away by themselves. Sit down beside me for a few minutes and let cooler about it, said Grandmama. Something may come to your mind in a while to throw light on the disappearance. But never suspect others of anything so dreadful as even small thefts, unless you are forced to do so. I will tell you a little story which has often served me as a warning to me in such a case. Oh yes, do please, Grandmama, said Linda the clouds clearing off her face in a wonderful way. Okay. Years and years ago, when I was young, only lately married, began Grandmama, a curious thing happened to me. We were living in the country. It was lovely summer weather. And numbers of our friends used to drive over to see us and spend the day. My house was pretty, and I was very fond of it. I had lots of pretty things of all kinds. My wedding presents, in fact, with which to adorn both it and myself, and sometimes your, your grandpa used to laugh at me and call me a little peacock. One of my prettiest ornaments was a small diamond brooch shaped like a star. It was really meant to wear in the evening, but I was so fond of it that I sometimes wore it in the daytime. One morning, I got a letter to say that an old school friend of mine was staying in the neighbourhood and that she and her husband were coming over to spend the day with us. I was very pleased to hear it, and so was your grandpapa, as he too knew these friends of mine. I hurried over my breakfast and ran away to give orders to have everything very nice for them, 
And I think the old cook, who knew a great deal more about luncheons and dinners than I did, was rather amused at all my charges. It shall all be as nice as can be, Miss Lucy, she said. She was always forgetting I was married and calling me Miss Lucy. You shall see, it shall all be just as nice as it used to be at your dear mamma's. I'm only sorry that Maria should be away today. She has so much taste in arranging the fruit and flowers for the table. I'll do them myself, I said. And Sophie shall help me. She seems like a handy girl, I think. Yes, ma'am, said Cook. I dare say she is. But of course it's difficult to judge of a complete stranger. She's a little bit forward for my liking, so very fond of laughing. But she's so young, I said, and she's never left home before. I think Maria's rather too strict. Maria, I must tell you, was my maid, and Sophie was a young girl whom I had chosen out of the village school to be under Maria. I called Sophie to help me, and very proud she was to do so. We made the table look so pretty that even the butler condescended to admire it, and then I began to think of adorning myself. You may come and help me to dress, I said to Sophie graciously, which pleased her even more than dressing the table. I chose a white dress and blue ribbons, for it was very hot. And when I was all ready, I really did think I looked very nice. And I saw by Sophie's eyes that she thought so too. Oh, ma'am, she said, you would just be perfect if you'd put on your little brooch that sparkles so. My little diamond brooch? I said doubtfully. Oh, it's rather too showy for the morning. But I took it out of its case and tried it. And it did look so pretty that I was tempted to wear it. And Sophie looked very pleased. Our friends came and we had a most pleasant day. They were delighted with everything. House and garden were certainly looking their best in the lovely summer brightness. We spent most of the afternoon out of doors, where I showed them everything, even down to the kitchen garden with its tempting strawberry beds and rows of vegetables of every kind. And when they said goodbye... My old school fellow whispered as she kissed me that she thought I was a most fortunate girl. For she saw how kind and good your dear grandpapa was. After they had left, he proposed that we should go a ride as it was getting cooler. I ran upstairs and changed my dress for my riding habit, calling to Sophie to put everything tidy in my room. We came in just in time to dress for dinner, and the bell sounded before I was quite ready. 
My brooch, Sophie, I said. You put away my things. Sophie looked about, but no brooch was to be seen. It must be there, I said. Find it while I am at dinner. But when I ran up after dinner, Sophie met me with a very red face and eyes that looked ready to cry and told me it was nowhere to be found. I cannot tell you how we hunted. When Maria came home the next day, she was dreadfully vexed and inclined to blame me for having let Sophie be so much in my room. You don't think she has taken my brooch, I said. But Maria would not answer decidedly. She only murmured something about not trusting strangers. Weeks went on. I tried not to think about my brooch anymore, but it had made a talk in the house. And Sophie felt it painfully, and when at last she said she would rather go home, I could not but feel it might be better. The very day before she was to leave, I was startled by a message from Cook, asking me to go to see something in the kitchen. It was afternoon, an unusual time for her to want to see me, but I went at once. There stood Cook, her kind old face beaming with pleasure. Just see here, Miss Lucy, she said. On the dresser lay a cauliflower. She was on the point of preparing for cooking. She pulled aside the big green leaves at the top and there, nestling on the creamy-looking surface underneath, lay my diamond brooch. It had dropped from the front of my dress, no doubt, that day in the garden, and the baby cauliflower's leaves had grown over it. Oh, you can fancy my joy, Linda and still more the joy of poor Sophie. Instead of leaving, she lived with me more than 20 years. But what's the matter now, Linda? Are you listening? Oh, yes, dear Grandmama. And I do so like the story. But I just saw something shining on the frill of my dress. And see here. And Linda held out her scissors, which had caught in a flounce of the dress. <sighs> oh, this is an interesting story. It really, the moral of the story, moral sounds like morale, doesn't it? <laughs> the moral, M-O-R-A-L of the story, is that we should take care before we accuse people of doing wrong. We need to find out the facts before we, we do so. A lovely story.
So I am going to put the six words in the description of this podcast. And so Birdie, Birdie, did you enjoy the moral of the story? I think Birdie's going to agree with me. Yes, 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 yes. Thank you. <laughs> okay, everyone. I will be back soon. Yes. And uh, do your homework with the six uh, words or find your own six words. I'll be back soon. Take care. Have a wonderful zippity doo zippity day. Have a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful day. Okay. Bye-bye for now. Bye.